Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. All right, now that's a pretty motivating clip there. And uh, the, the phrase that came up at the end is what, how we should all be as Christians. We, we should trust the power that's within us. And many times we don't, but we should. Don't get down about what God has called you to do. Don't get discouraged about what someone might have said about you or about what you're doing or what the enemy might try to bring Uh, against you don't compare yourself to other people like we talked about last week just be faithful in what god has called you to do trust the power of christ that's within you we're celebrating that power like crazy for these next couple of weeks is it's the power that raised jesus from the dead and that power is in you you can trust that be faithful in the little things the enemy is going to be the enemy he's going to say all kind of things to you just like this uh derek coleman heard all his his life uh, he's going to tell you things like you're a lost cause, that you're not good enough, that you're not doing enough, that you're never going to make it. Uh, what you do is insignificant and no one cares. It's not making a difference, but he is wrong and he is a liar. And so we need to do the same thing he said. Just don't listen. We need to listen to the voice of the Father. We need to listen to the Word of God and what it, what it says. And like I said, I like to talk a lot about doing great things and about being great because that's been put down so much in the church for years that they got people scared to do anything because if you're successful, if you fail, they get, they get mad at you. And if you're successful, they get jealous and get mad at you. So you can't win, so nobody tries to do anything great anymore. But as much as I like to talk about that, being great is not about the big things. Anybody can get excited about doing the big things, but are we being faithful uh, in the little things? The small things are important. And I don't know if I've said this here yet or not, but I say it a lot. If you want to be extraordinary, if you want to do something extraordinary, you start by doing the ordinary things in an extraordinary way. It's not by trying to do something huge. It's just doing the ordinary things and giving it uh, your, your best. At uh, 7.07, before we uh, stopped a, a couple weeks ago, or a week ago, um, we were doing a series on Joseph. And uh, actually, we only, didn't even make it about halfway through the series, so I... I may do it here and uh, do that series here in a few months, so some people will hear a, a few repeat messages, but that's okay. But Joseph was the second most powerful man in the world, the second richest man in the world, with that being said. And so that might not be what we're called to do. Some of you are thinking it would be nice if you were called to be the second richest person in the world, but, but it doesn't change that whatever role it is that God has for you is just as important in the kingdom of God uh, as anyone else's. Just be faithful in what he calls you to do. It's just like a, a, just to have a normal Sunday morning service. There's a lot of people that put in a lot of work. 
that uh, people don't even know about. There's the people that are just praying for the services throughout the week that are interceding and lifting, lifting you up, whether you know it or not. There's uh, Brian putting in the stuff in the back so that we can, we can play the video, and Jonathan helped him out with that one. But we got uh, you know, Bruce cleaning and manning the door, and we got the praise team up here practicing and rehearsing, Tommy running the sound, Donna doing all the things that she has to do, all these jobs that are taking place. And really, there's many times on Sundays, the easiest job in the house is this one right here. The guy up here talking. is the, Now, being the pastor is not always the easiest, but just getting to do the speaking is a lot of times it's the easiest job. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what God's called you to do when you're faithful in it. Then he can bless it and he can do amazing things. And so it goes from the nursery to children's ministry all across the board. It all makes a difference. Don't let the enemy tell you that what you're doing does, doesn't make an impact because it does. You're important and you're needed. Every job, every role, no matter what it is. It's the same thing at our well, at your house or at your job, uh, some of you maybe can relate to both, but maybe this used to be me at uh, the office I was working at in Sanford all the time. Maybe you're the only person at your job, or you can say your house, that can tell when a trash can has just had too much stuff in it and needs to be changed. Have you go in the bathroom like at a restaurant and that there's that one trash can and it's got like this much over the top of it, and three feet away is another trash can that's halfway full. And for some reason, everybody keeps just throwing it in that one trash. And you're making the job so hard for someone else, but, but uh, you're the only one that can tell. Maybe there's enough trash in this can. I need to go ahead and change the bag. No one else will do it, but it's you. Be faithful in that. It's something small, but be faithful in it. Maybe you're the only one at your job that can stand to be around that one coworker that no one else can stand to be around. Do that job faithfully. Show kindness to that person. It's important. See, when I say the little things, I don't necessarily mean the easy things. The little things are not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult to do the little things. Sometimes it's difficult to be faithful in the little things that are asked of us. Uh, in John chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11 to you. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So we've all probably heard this story, but a quick recap. Jesus and his disciples show up at this wedding, and Jesus' mom decides that because they've ran out of wine, she needs Jesus to do something about it. And uh, there's different 
opinions on why that is. I don't know. Maybe Jesus' disciples drank all the wine, so she thought it was Jesus' fault. We don't know. All we know is they showed up, and the wine was gone. So now his mom, he says, what does this have to do with me? And uh, she just doesn't pay him any, any mind at all, and she just tells the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so now we hear that there's six water pots there, and they hold 20 to 30 gallons each. We don't know if there was any water in the pots to begin with, how much was there or not, but we're going to say that they were empty. So Jesus says, fill them up. That means that they need somewhere between 120 to 180 gallons of water. So we'll just split that and say 150 gallons. They need 150 gallons of water. Now just imagine what these servants were thinking. These guys were busy. They had been working. They had been ser- they've ran out of wine, so they've been serving a lot of people. And they've been, they've been doing all their jobs and all their duties. And now they're told by Jesus, go get me 150 gallons of water. And they can't turn on a hose like me and you. They got to go get 150 gallons of water. They got to go, they got to put in some work to go get this. And so this was going to be a lot of work to complete this simple, little, seemingly meaningless task that they probably thought was a waste of time. It wasn't easy, but they were faithful and they did what they were asked to do. And they didn't just do it halfway either because the Bible says that they filled it to the brim. They did it. They were faithful in what they were asked to do and they did it to the best of their ability. They did it the best that it could possibly be done. They were faithful and told in what they were told to do, no matter how meaningless it might have seemed to them at the moment. I'm sure a couple of them were rolling their eyes on trip number five to the well to get that, to get that water. I, I would have been. And so Jesus tells them to take some out, give it to the master of the feast, and they give it to him. And he's just blown away because this is the best wine that he's ever had in his life. And the Bible says that, that, that he didn't know where the wine came from. But it says that the servants who drew the water knew. They knew. See, when it comes to being faithful, the servants get to see the miracles. The person who experienced the miracle didn't even know it was a miracle. But the servants could see that it was. Because they had been faithful in the little things that the master had asked them to do. And see, that's the way it is for us. When we are faithful and when we have a servant's heart, we will see the miraculous. We will experience it. See, if no one fills the jars, then there is no miracle. Someone had to do the work. Someone had to, someone had to uh, hit the road and go get the water. See, that's how important the little things are. That's how important the things that you do are. Don't ever let the enemy convince you of anything besides that. What you do is important. Jesus cares about the little things. He cares when we are faithful in those things that seem meaningless to other people. See, Jesus, he could have done it any way he wanted. He could have easily just said a word and those empty jars would have filled up with wine. We all know that. He could have, anything he wanted to do, he could have made it happen. The empty, whatever they had the containers in, uh, were holding the wine earlier, they could have all just been instantly filled back up or never ran out, you know, like the cruise of oil. He He could have done it any way that he wanted to. He didn't need water. But yet he chose to do it this way because he gave the lowest people that were at the party that day the opportunity to take part in a miracle. 
The people who weren't even counted as the ones that were there. They weren't even guests. They were just the hired hands, the servants. Those were the people that he chose because he knew those were faithful people. And that's what he does with us when we're faithful in the little things. Being faithful in the little things is not always easy. Sometimes it's just, it's just straight out work. It's hard. See, we, we, get, we start talking about miracles in the church and people get excited. Don't, doesn't it excite you when someone's telling you about a bunch of miracles happening? And a lot of times what we, what we forget is that many times when there's miracles, there's a lot of work. We, we forget about that part of it. We're just thinking about the exciting miracle. We get real excited when we start hearing about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and the fish. And, and that's just the men plus women and children. And, and we're like, man, I would love to see something like that happen. I would love to take part in a miracle like that. I would love to, to just experience that. Okay, so when was the last time you sat around and really thought about how much work would be involved to feed 15,000 people? Never mind cooking the food, just to serve them, just, just to feed them. Now, we, we don't know when it says disciples, uh, I, I'm believing that it was just the 12, but it may have been the other 70 as well that he sent out. Either way you want to look at it, if it's, if it's 82 guys, then, then you're, we're talking, uh, what is, how many people is that, 1,200 people apiece? No, that's wrong. 120 people apiece. And if it's just 12 of them, then that's about 12 to 1,300 people apiece that they're serving. You know how hard it is to serve? I've never worked at a restaurant, but I have seen some very uh, hard to deal with tables around me. And they were just serving like three people and they couldn't get it right. Can you imagine keeping 120 hungry people happy if it was all the people that followed Jesus? But if it was just the 12, can you imagine how many trips back and forth they were going to carry food to 1,200 people? How much work was involved? But we get excited. Oh, we want to, oh, I'd love to take part in a miracle like that. But yet we don't want to do anything. <laughs> we just want the exciting part. And then we were like, yeah, we, we, we'd start getting excited. They said, not only that, there was 12 baskets of leftovers. You know that part they add in there, how exciting those leftovers are? You know what that meant? They had to clean up after they served all those people. That basket of leftovers didn't just happen. They had to go clean up. Can you imagine you just served 1,200 people back and forth, back and forth. You're exhausted. Your feet are hurting. And then Jesus says, good news, guys. There's an extra surprise. Go clean up, and you're going to get a basket of leftovers. You think about that the next time when you're at the restaurant and they say, hey, do you want it to go box? And you don't even think those fries are worth putting. You don't even take the effort to put the fries in that box. They had to go get 12 baskets of leftovers. All those people. It was a lot of work. I'm sure the disciples were tired after this wonderful, wonderful miracle we all get excited about. And I think it's a great miracle. I would love to experience something like that too, but I'm sure I would be exhausted when the experience was over. See, if you and I will have a servant's heart, it will not always be easy, but we'll be blessed to see God do amazing things. You are not insignificant. What you do is not insignificant, not to the kingdom and not to our Lord. He sees every little thing that you're faithful in. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't miss your opportunity to partner with God in the, in the miraculous. Now, I know this message might be a little strange, and I, I might not have some big plan to roll out in front of you like a lot of preachers do about how we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to conquer the world while we, while we do that in our spare time. 
But please don't let that make you think that I don't have faith for bigger things and that I don't have faith for greater things than God, because I do. I'm believing for all of those things, but I don't want to just be known as a man of faith. I want to be known as a man of faithfulness because I not only believe, but I know that little things matter. Being faithful in the little things matters to God. And the little things make a difference. And many times they make the greatest impact. It's the most important thing that we can do. It's the little things that matter the most. It's the little things. There are a lot of great things that you can do in this life. And, and go for every one of them. It's awesome to do something that causes people to brag about us. It's awesome to do something that causes people to think highly of us or to be impressed by us. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But there's nothing more important or more powerful that you could ever do than to just show someone that they're loved. There's nothing more powerful or more important than you could ever do than to show someone the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ. And that's usually done through the small things. It's through the small things. And see, I truly believe that God has amazing things in store for this powerful group of believers that are here in front of me today. You're, if no one's told you today, you are amazing. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Every person in here. And that's what's so unbelievable is that it doesn't have to be something huge that you do to have an amazing impact on the kingdom, on your family, on your, on, in your community. And uh, it's don't neglect the small things. In Acts chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 to begin with, but we see here, so the disciples have gotten really busy, and now they need to choose seven men to serve tables and distribute, distribute food because the church is growing so much. That's, that's the situation that's taking place here. And so it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by, is it the Hellenist or Hellenist? How do you say it? Does anybody know? If y'all don't know, we're good. The Hellenist, because the, their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the multitude, the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and five other guys. So we're going to focus on Stephen and Philip here. And the question is, what if Stephen and Philip would have said no? What if they would have said no? If you keep reading, you read in uh, verse 8 that Stephen, full of, uh, full of faith and power, did signs and wonders, many signs and wonders among the people. And when you keep reading about Philip, we know he did all kinds of crazy, unbelievable things in Samaria and we know about the story with him and the eunuch. And, and after he baptizes the eunuch, that God, he transports to another location instantly. I don't know about you, but I've never done that. I've, I'm not that. I haven't had that kind of experience with God. I would like to. I think it would be really cool. But I've never transported from one place to another instantly. This was the kind of anointing and calling that were on these two guys' lives. The guy that transports and does all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles, and Stephen, the same thing. And, but here they are, 
What if they just said, I'm not doing it? I've got just as much anointing on my life as you got on yours. Why, why should I have to serve old ladies dinner? I'm not doing it. I don't want to distribute food. I need to be studying the Word too. I need to be praying too. I need to be out evangelizing too. I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. This is beneath me. What if they'd have said, hey, we're, we're just as gifted as anybody else. But see, Stephen and Philip, they accepted this because they were faithful. They were faithful in the little things. And they took it very, very seriously when they, when they did. And uh, verse 6, it says this. It says, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. This was a serious job. It was a small job, but it was a serious job. They laid hands on these guys because they knew this was going to be one of those difficult little tasks. See, keeping people happy isn't always easy, especially when food's involved. You see people, they'll get mean when food is involved. You try to take one of Heather's last Diet Pepsis and see what happens at our house. Sorry, I'm just kidding, babe. But when, especially when they're already mad before you get the job. The people are already mad. And now you've got to keep them happy. That, they, I would have wanted them to lay hands on me too and break out the anointing oil. They needed it. This was not going to be an easy task. But they were faithful in it. Even though it wasn't cele as celebrated as going out and evangelizing or, or starting churches or whatever, it didn't matter. They were faithful in what they were asked to do. And I believe that because they were faithful is why we see all the other things. Why Stephen was so full of faith and full of power and did great signs and wonders is among the people. I think it's because he was faithful. I think it's because Philip was faithful that he accomplished all the things that he did through Christ in his ministry. They were faithful in the little things. Verse 7 tells us this. It says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. The word of God spread. Now there was a lot of things going on. The disciples, uh, they were studying and giving time to the word and reading and, and prayer and all these different things. But I believe that these guys had a big part in the word spreading. I believe these guys were faithful in the little things of distributing the food and taking care of the widows and the word of God spread because of their faithfulness. I'm not saying it was all because of them, but I do believe it was just as much because of them as it was the ones who were getting all, the, all of the recognition and all of the, the fame. See, we're so worried about being super spiritual, and, and I want all of us to grow in that area. I want to grow spiritually. I want that for every person in here. But we're so worried about that. When, when, if we would just be faithful in the little things, I believe the Word of God would spread. He knows what He's doing. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him on it. You don't have to be behind the microphone. We don't have to do anything uh, big. And that means us as individuals and us as a local church. We just have to be faithful to what God has called us to do in the little things and trust him at his word. We don't need to get discouraged. Trust the power that's within you. In chapter 7, verse 54, now Stephen is about to be martyred. Verse 54, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. 
And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now I find it interesting in this that Stephen says that, uh, or Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 1.20 says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. So the, the question then is, could it be that Jesus was standing in honor to receive Stephen? We don't, we, there's no way to say yes or no on that, but you can use your imagination a little while with me. It, it won't kill you. Was he standing to, in honor of Stephen? Not because of the miracles that Stephen had done before the people, not because of the signs and the wonders and all that, uh, not just because he was such a, a bold in his faith, but was it because he was faithful in the little things? See, Jesus knew that Stephen was about to be martyred. And, and could it be that he stood as a way of saying, hey, I'll stand to receive this one. I'll, I'll stand for a man who's faithful in the little things. I'll stand for a man who's faithful to serve tables. I'll stand for a man who will give his life for the sake of the gospel. See, God honors men and women who will do the humble task for him. And many times the ones that are willing to lay down their lives they're not always the ones that are so gifted or so loud and so out front. A lot of times it's the ones that are humble because it's the faithful. It's the faithful. See, trust the power that's within you and stay faithful in the little things and just watch the amazing things that God begins to do in your life. I was reading a book a couple days ago and the book had nothing to do with this but a story in it just stuck with me. And uh, this is a famous, uh, well, I famous in the church world, uh, preacher, uh, has a TV ministry and all this, but he was talking about um, just opportunities that God gives us. And uh, he would had a friend of his that owned a business and would have him come once a month and talk to all the workers. And he said he would tell the people, you need to be here, I'm paying you, you're on the clock, and you're going to listen as long as this guy wants to talk. And so he did this for uh, a long time. It was either once a month or once a quarter. And he would show up and he would talk to, just talk to the guy's staff and encourage them. And, and uh, he did it for a long time. And he goes one time to do it and there's a new girl working at the front. And uh, she says, can I help you? He says, I'm here to talk to the group. She says, oh, yeah, you're, you're the guy that's, that's coming in. And she says, so you do this all the time? He says, no, not really. This isn't what I do. She said, well, what is your job? What do you do for a living? He said, well, actually, I'm a minister of the gospel uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a preacher. And her eyes got big. She said, oh, you're the one. He says, what, what do you mean I'm the one? And she said, last night, you, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And she said that uh, she was either a practicing Buddhist or Hindu. I can't remember that part of the story. But um, she said, I've been practicing this religion, taught it my whole life. And I just keep this feeling that something's not right with it. It's just, it doesn't seem real. It seems like I'm doing a bunch of just rituals and things. And she said, so I was doing my normal thing last night, and this feeling came over me that it just, I was wasting my time. And so I began to pray to the God. And I told him, I said, God, I know you're real. I just don't know who you are. 
I want to know the real God, Lord. You're, you're out there. Please tell me who you are so that I can serve the real God. And she said, that moment, she said, a light came in my room, and I actually heard a voice, and it said, just go to work tomorrow. There's a man that's coming, and he'll tell you all about me. And then she, I mean, she, said, she said, you're the one. And so he said, yes, I am the one. And he began to talk to her, and he led her to the Lord. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and God just radically changed her life right there at the, I guess, at the front desk of the, of the office that he was at. And the same thing. We love hearing stories about stuff like that, the whole miracle thing again. It's just, wow, that's amazing. Think about all the times that he went and spoke at his friend's business. Think about all the times it was inconvenient to his schedule while he was trying to build a church, trying to build a ministry, trying to build a, a Bible college, trying to build a television ministry. This guy's schedule is nuts, but he was faithful in the promise that he gave a friend that I will come talk to your handful of employees every month or every quarter, whatever it was. And because he was faithful in the little things, this girl's life was radically changed forever. And generation after generation after generation, I believe, from that, from that moment. But see, that's the thing. It wasn't just from that moment. It was from him being faithful in the little things that put him in the position to be there in that moment that God was ready to do something unbelievable in someone's life. See, it's not always about the big things. It's not always about how many people you can get to hear what you have to say or get to see how important you are. It's about that one person that you can actually reach with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about that one person that you can actually make a difference in their life. And we, we've, uh, we had this focus one time on our, on our giving years ago. We were, we were sending money everywhere. The little money here, little money there. And it got to be tiring keeping up with it. And so we decided, and this was a church body, and we decided, we sat and we decided we're going to pick, and we picked a certain number of ministries that we could start sowing bigger checks into to actually make a difference and partner with instead of a bunch of little checks to people who had no clue who we were. There was no relation, there was nothing, there was nothing to it. It was just, it was basically just mailing money away. It wasn't really, I mean, we know God saw what we were doing and was going to bless it, but it wasn't the same thing as being intentional in what we do. There's so much to the Christian walk that people, man, they'll get real intentional about what you're not supposed to do, but what about what we are supposed to do? What about being faithful in the little things and just trusting God at His Word that He's going to do what He said He's going to do? That we don't have to make everything happen. That we can trust His timing, we can trust His ways, and we can just relax in our Father's arms. Isn't that the main reason we wanted to come to Him to begin with? Because we couldn't do it on our own? But yet so many times we just think we've got to do this big, great thing. And some people are called to that, and that's good for them. That's amazing. If God calls me to something big and great, I'll be excited about it just like they are. But until then, I'm going to be faithful in the little things. And I think that what makes it so good is that's all we ask. He doesn't ask us to have to go out and do, to, to, to recreate something or do something that, just, that shocks the whole world. He's going to take care of that part. Because that's what he's good at. We're not. We'll mess that up. We're going to make a big mess if we ever try to do anything like that. When we put our hands on it, it blows up in our face. But if we will just be faithful in the little things and trust the power that's within us and realize that it's the, just like the extra gum told you, it's the little things 
that make the biggest difference in people's lives. I do believe that God has called, if not everyone in here, there's someone in this building that he's called you to something big. He's probably called you something bigger than you can even imagine or dream right now. You probably, it probably would blow all of our minds to see it. And it could be a bunch of people in here. But just be faithful in the little things. My grandfather had a saying he used to, he, he would use when people would come and ask him for it. Because everybody wants to know what's the next thing to do. How do I get better at this, better at that? I don't know what to do. And I'm one of the world's worst about not knowing what to do about things. But he would always say, when you don't know what to do, do what you know. And basically that's just, I don't know, that's an old country version of saying, just be faithful in the little things and trust God. If you're faithful, He'll be faithful to you. I promise every one of you that. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for how faithful you are to us. And God, we want to be faithful in everything you've called us to, Lord, but help us not to neglect the little things. Lord, help us to trust the power that's within us, God, and just move forward for the kingdom of God. Lord, I just pray for every need in this house, Lord, all those that are sick in body. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that's not received Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, that they would make that decision today. Lord, that they would choose you, that would start a relationship with you that would change them forever. God, we pray for John, Lord. We pray for this fluid on his body to be gone, Lord, that, that the doctors can do what they need to do and that there can be peace in that home. And we pray for faith, God, to give her strength as she's... They're uh, taking care of him, Lord. We pray for George. We've already prayed once, God. We just declare healing that all kidney stones will be gone. The same thing for Tommy, God. And, Lord, we pray for Kevin right now. We pray for his body, Lord. We pray that he would go get the dialysis that he needs, Lord. And, Lord, we just pray if there's uh, anything going on in his body right now, we just speak healing to it, Lord, that his kidneys will begin to function like they were, like they were brand new, God. There's nothing that's too big for you. And so, Lord, we just speak that over him. And, God, I just bless every person that's here today, Lord. I just pray that you would be with them and all that they do. And, God, that we would continue to go after you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 10.45 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our Connect Groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.